Thank you for joining me here for a bonus bite on the Think, Discuss, Act podcast. This is Zach. I want to return to the idea of happiness that Terry, Jeremy, and I discussed last episode. To give a quick summary of really where we landed on this idea of happiness, we saw two sides to the the idea of happiness. You have the innocent, uh, more childhood form of a happiness that's rooted in a moment that's transient, that is um, something that is momentary, still very important for the individual um, lasting type of happiness. The second type of happiness, we uh, Terry called experienced happiness. This type of happiness is uh, linked to the Greek idea eudaimonia, which goes uh, back to Aristotle and Plato. And uh, essentially that idea was linked to the full experience of a human being. Um, and we mentioned uh, in our launch activity, this idea that one cannot know if somebody is happy until they have completed their life. And so um, the idea of eudaimonia is pretty interesting because in some places it's translated as happiness, but in other places it can be translated as uh, thriving or even flourishing. So for the sake of this bonus bite, I wanna I want us to think about this idea of thriving or flourishing, not necessarily the momentary happiness um, that hits us what feels like randomly or with a strike of luck. But this type of happiness that you could say somebody is flourishing, they're healthy, they're whole. And the reason I want to think about this is because as educators, I believe that we have a duty or an obligation to be paying attention to our students and the question of whether they are thriving, whether they are flourishing. And I know there's many factors that can go into how we can make this distinction with different students, family life, home, home life, uh, the challenges of, of being a teenager, uh, the progress of technology, um, the, just the different types of interests that students have these days. There's many factors which go into what makes somebody uh, experience uh, flourishing or eudaimonia, as the Greek idea says. However, I do believe that education and happiness and flourishing are closely linked there's a few observations I think that can be made and I'll link these in the show notes, the episode notes, but there's some research that has shown, um, 2016, 2019, that students are experiencing increasing anxiety and depression and major problems amongst peers and social relationships, all sorts of things that are actually linked to school in their experience of education. Um, and then another, another uh, Gallup student poll from 2016 shows that student engagement, student enjoyment drops dramatically from elementary school and up through the higher grades. And I think it, it begs some questions as to how is our classroom experience affecting our students' well-being. 
And I believe every educator should be considering this. You know, every detail of your pedagogy should be promoting as much as possible the flourishing of as many students as possible. And I know this can seem to be a bit of a grandiose uh, idea. How can we have an effect on every single student that walks in the door? And should we be, you know, burdened with making sure that they're happy and that they're flourishing? Uh, the obvious answer to that is no, we can't. There's too many factors. There's too many factors that go into, into the complexity of our students' experience and life. However, I do believe that even through Paideia and the Paideia Seminar, I do believe that if we really pay attention to what we're doing, that we can impact students um, in a way that is lasting in their life. Um, and I just want to hit on a few of those, uh, those, those um, pedagogical practices that I think Paideia has baked into the method that I think is really beautiful and really helpful as a reminder for us as educators. And I'll start with a quote from Mortimer Adler in his essay, Teaching, Learning, and the Counterfeits. And he, he says this, he says, teaching like farming and healing is a cooperative art. Understanding this Comanus in the great didactic again and again, and that's John Amos Comanus he's referencing again and again, compares the cultivation of the mind with the cultivation of the field. So too, Plato compares the teacher's art with the physicians. So on one hand, you have this idea of the farmer who's cultivating the field to bring about fruit and crops and all these things that are good for us, that are good for our well-being. And you have the idea of the physician, the one who heals. And Adler is drawing the connection that the teacher is in the same vein as the farmer and the healer and the physician. And that makes it far more important than just the content that we're teaching or our subject area that we as educators have before us real human beings who, um, who, who are like, you could say, a, a uh, field that can be plowed and, and tilled and cared for and seeds are sown and so that, so that a bounty occurs. And in the same way, we have students, according to those Gallup polls and the studies from Pew Research that are probably hurting, probably have some things going on in their life. And so can joy take place in the classroom? And, and how does the Paideia Seminar provide this environment? So here's a few things to think about for this bonus bite. First of all, the Paideia Seminar is collaborative. Uh, the, de the definition of the Paideia Seminar, according to the National Paideia Center, is a collaborative intellectual dialogue facilitated with open-ended questions about a text. So it's collaborative. Every student in the classroom gets the opportunity, gets the space to share. And in life, we need time to share. We need time to be heard. We need time uh, for people to listen to us, to be in a place where we can think deeply about a good text or painting or artifact. And then we can express our thoughts and we can listen to our peers. It's collaborative 
and it's a dialogue. So we're thinking together. This creates a form of community and friendships, I think, can be formed in this way, not only between peers, but also between the teacher and the students. And so you can think of it as a table. You know, we have a table in our room and there's a burden of participation on each student to bring their thoughts to the table, to be heard and listened to. Um, and ultimately, the tide rises with as many of those students who show up at every seminar and they participate in uh, that experience. And so the, the seminar itself is sort of the center of where I believe these students can have a really profound experience. And I think if we, if we, see, if we see this experience as informative and uh, shaping our students, I think it's a, it's a great place to start and it's a great reminder. Secondly, uh, we focus on academic coaching in the National Paideia Center philosophy. We want there to be a connection between the teacher and the student. It's a f sort of friendship or bond forms. And, and I think this, this creates trust between teacher and student. And, and the teacher is more than just somebody who stands before the students to declaim didactically the content that they have in their head, but rather as a master teaches an apprentice, you know, how to carve or how to weld or how to, to build. It's collaborative and it's informative. And I think it brings a really unique experience to these students that, yeah, somebody does care. Somebody is willing to slow down, to talk to me and to think through this topic, this idea, this assignment. So the coaching is an extremely important part of this process. And then lastly, it's the Paideia project. So this is, you know, linked to our seminars, our projects that will be produced for the community, not just for the class, not just for the school, but ideally for the community. And this puts a sense of duty on the students to say that uh, you have a place here and you can take ownership and not only your learning, not only in your, in your classroom experience, not only in your education, but in society. And how badly do our students need to be reminded that they matter? And not only reminded verbally by telling them, but by actually showing them, by actually giving them an opportunity to uh, be in a discussion, to be a part of that discussion, to be coached, to be taught, to be refined by the teacher, and then be asked, hey, you produce something now. Bring something beneficial to our community that we can all, um, you know, join together and and make make our communities better. And in this sense, I think the students experience a form of flourishing, a form of thriving. And I think this is the long lasting effect that we're getting at when we just when we describe experienced happiness. Um, and, and I think these moments are, are, are these moments in seminar in the Paideia process are moments that are, that will affect our students for years to come. I'll end this bonus bite with a personal anecdote. I had a student come to my school as an 11th grader and prior to coming to my school, she had never experienced Paideia, a Paideia classroom. 
And I was fortunate enough to be her senior thesis advisor. And during that process, she decided to write her thesis on the use of antidepressants in teens. And through her research, she found that, you know, a lot of teens are using this and she dug into what, what, why this was. And she reflected on her own life. And part of her own experience was that she was going that route herself. But then she came to my school. She experienced paideia, not only in my class, but in other classes. And she said that that experience of paideia, that experience of being at the table, discussing good ideas with the great books, with peers and with teacher, being able to think of through these things really changed her, changed her. It healed a lot of things in her life because it gave her a place to talk and a place to think and a place to really be a human being. And that's what Paideia is about. It's bringing up, bringing up these students as human beings that really matter, that have a mind, that have a soul, that have a heart. They're thinking people, but they're living people as well. And so at Paideia, I want to encourage you to continue the good fight, to continue to think through every aspect of your classroom and how are you promoting the long-term well-being of our students, not just that assignment, not just marking off that topic or that content that we have to cover, but thinking a little bit deeper, a little bit more carefully about how we can promote happiness and the long-term thriving and flourishing of our students. I think it's worth it, and I'm grateful that you guys are here listening to this episode, joining in the work of the National Paideia Center, because I think what we're doing matters. So I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening.